Hey everyone, on weekends we do long form audio and recently there's been a trend of people doing Twitter spaces, not because it's a better format, um, it's actually pretty terrible, the audio quality is not great, people have to pause and it's not really clear who's speaking and it can just go on interminably. But um, it's mostly a Twitter growth hack because you get uh, people with more followers than you to jump on live and share their thoughts and then uh, they confer some of their following to you. Uh, I think it's okay. Uh, I don't really view it as a good use of time, uh, but perhaps some of the audio that's produced during some of these um, places is useful to others. So I recently joined a Twitter space by uh, Becca from Deepgram. Becca is someone I've known for a while. Uh, she's coming up, she's also a career changer. She's coming up in the sort of learning public space and she's one of the rare few technical community builders, like that's her actual job title, which is something I wrote about maybe sometime last year. And we're also hiring for technical community builders at Temporal as well. Um, so she is very interested in content creation and developer relations and all that good stuff. And she invited a bunch of us to come talk about it. And I think it was a good chat. I think uh, there may be still too many guests <laughs> on something like this for people to say more than like, you know, five, 10 minutes of uh, stuff uh, each, um, especially because we constrain ourselves to one hour. But still, I think it was a good conversation. Uh, I think Tessa, Shruti, and the others have some uh, interesting thoughts. So. Here is the convo. All right. Well, it's 12 o'clock. And as we uh, we will take a couple of minutes to get settled in, but I'll go ahead and get us started because um, this is only our second Twitter space at DeepGram. And we've been keeping them to an hour. I know there are a lot of marathon Twitter spaces out there. And I totally get that because it's really easy to go for a while and have these conversations. But we want to make sure that people have um, they are, that we're respectful of everyone's time and that everybody is uh, able to join and see, listen to what we're doing. So I'll just give us a little bit of a uh, start here, let you know what's going on. So I guess I should introduce myself. <laughs> I am Becca. I am the technical community builder on the DevRel team at DeepGram. And we're doing this series that's focused on our mission, which is every voice heard and understood. So this is our second, I think out of six, maybe more. And today we're going to be talking about finding your voice with content creation. And we're really excited to be able to do this, especially as we're, we launched a hackathon with Dev2 last Thursday, and we're really invested in supporting all of our participants in the larger tech industry and finding ways to support people finding their voices and elevating those voices. And so today, as we go through and talk about this, we'll spend about 30 to 45 minutes on the conversation and then hopefully get to some questions. If you joined last week, I went over time and we didn't have time for questions. I'm sorry about that. Always feel free to uh, DM us at DeepGram developers. If you have more questions or just throw that in the, in the, as a response to the tweet, and I'll make sure that we get those answered. So um, I am super thankful to have Sean, Shruti, Tessa, and Michael with us today to talk about finding your voice with content creation. And that's content creation is can be all different kinds of things. So I am going to let them introduce themselves and tell us who they are, what they do, uh, their experience with content creation, and maybe your, your favorite way to either create or to consume content. And next to me on my screen is Sean, so I'm going to send it over to you first for intros. Hey, everyone. I'm Sean. I also go by Swix on the internet. And favorite way to consume content i don't know i don't think i don't think anyone really thinks about themselves as consuming content like like a pac-man just like chewing up little pieces of content uh piece after piece um i'm very much a video and reading person uh, obviously a lot of us are here on twitter because we like bite-sized reading but uh, i also try to have a healthy amount of long-form um Sometimes from Hacker News, sometimes with newsletters, um, anything like that. That's very thoughtful and insightful. Um, ultimately, I think a lot about Lindy effects. Like, 
how, what's the life lifespan of the stuff that we're reading or writing, right? Like, if it's very short lifespan, then it's not going to matter tomorrow, and it's waste, not really useful. But if it's very long lifespan, then that actually compounds over time. So that's something I think about. I love that. They're starting us off strong with that, that idea of thinking about how we uh, are the purpose of the content and what the lifespan is. So thank you. Shruti, you're next. If you want to do your intro, please. Yeah. Hey, everyone. Uh, thank you for joining in. And thank you, Vika, for hosting the space. Uh, I am a full-stack web developer and a tech educator from India. And I very recently became a content creator. I entered this even without knowing I'm entering the content creation industry. I create courses, I create YouTube videos, and uh, just launched okay, launched my first ebook, but I'm sure there are going to be many in the way. And my favorite ways of consuming content, uh, they used to be blog posts, um, but Quite recently, uh, it's shifted to videos and Twitter, of course, I cannot um, <laughs> not log into Twitter and content, just that we should be a little careful of the kind of content we are uh, consuming regularly. I just try to make sure that I'm creating more and consuming selectively. Yeah, I think that's about it. Thank you. Thanks for being here. I love that idea of consuming civilly. I was talking about that this morning, how... There's so much out there, especially learning, um, learning how to code right now. Trying to yeah. figure out the right path is really hard. Absolutely. Yeah, it's very hard. There's a lot of information. All right, Tessa, you are next up. Yes, my name is Tessa Merrill, and I'm the uh, Director of De Developer Advocacy at Cloudinary. And one of the many things I work with is managing our technical writers to create content for a website called Media Jams. Um, it's an open source project that uh, our team has been working very hard on with like use cases around images and video. Um, personally, I've also been part of developer communities for the past decade and have made a various content around live streaming, um, uh, just like uh, she's mentioned, video content, content writing, in-person presentations, everything to do with developer relations. And my favorite way to consume content is, well, I've never been, I've never had a lot of luck with like written tutorials and guides, but I love following video tutorials, especially when they're like short videos where I can consume like three minutes at a time, five minutes at a time and kind of do things piece by piece rather than watch like a two hour long video and, and trying to understand and, and pick up all of that. So I like to see it live in action and, and, and go through it. Yeah, that's interesting. I find like it, it, it depends so much for me. It depends on how, uh, how I'm feeling that day, what I'm trying to do. Uh, that's why I love, I do love that there are so many different people creating content. Um, we're going to take questions towards the end of this session. So we still have about another 30 or 35 minutes where we're going to chat. And then I will let you know when we'll be taking questions. Um, Michael, are up. Yeah, my name is Michael Jolly. I am the head of developer relations at DeepGram. And uh, probably content-wise, I'm, I'm better known uh, as Bald Bearded Builder where we do like Twitch streams, YouTube videos, and blogging. Favorite content? It depends on the topic. I mean, if I want to like learn something, you know, industry related or something around metrics and business, I think I would rather consume that in a written form, uh, usually blog posts. But then certain things like as I'm learning, you know, if I'm learning Nuxt or Next or whatever, I think those sometimes are hybrid. I like video, but then I also like some code that I can actually get my hands into. So some written format there would be great. Yeah, I love that. Um, so I, I think we'll kick off the conversation uh, with the talk we are talking about today, finding your voice. And I think that that can mean something different for everyone. So I would love to know from any of our guests today, what, what does it mean to you to find your voice? And, you know, maybe that doesn't mean that much to you, but do you, do you think that you found your voice? Has that changed? 
Um, is that something that's happened overnight? And how would you describe that to someone else? So if uh, there's anyone who wants to get us started, um, one of our speakers, I would love to hear what it means to you. Okay, I can go first. Thanks, Shri. <laughs> yes, so it uh, kind of happened overnight as well, I can say. So I, I would uh, I started writing blog posts quite early, maybe about uh, 11 to 12 years ago. But I never knew I would write technical content someday. It was all very generic. And uh, it just so happened that I delivered a baby and then I thought I cannot take up full projects now. I, I might not have the time. I cannot meet the deadlines. So why not um, share the knowledge that I have acquired already? I do know a lot in the last uh, you know six, seven years. I have learned something that I can share. So I thought I'll create a course, uh, an entire course. Can you imagine? I didn't think of small videos to start with. I thought I'll create a complete course and put it up on Udemy. And that happened. Uh, that's, that's when it started. I really liked creating the course. And uh, later, you know, didn't continue that immediately, but later started creating YouTube videos and then uh, Twitter threads, something like that. And then... Uh, when people started really loving my content, they said they can understand it a lot better when they watch my videos. They used to find it simple, practical, easy to follow, and so on. That's I think that's why I found my voice. I felt, okay, this is what um, I love doing, and this is what people love get, having from me, so why not? I think that's, that's how uh, my journey began with content creation. I love that. You were like, I had a baby and then I decided to start creating content and make a course. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's, I, I know, I feel like encouragement plays such a role in getting started because it can be really scary to get started with what you're doing. And I know for me, you talked about uh, Twitter threads being something. And I, and I think that we often have this idea of content has to be a big production, but I think like entering at, at the point where you feel, feel comfortable is a good place to start. And that sounds like what you did, Shruti. Yes, yes, that's true. It needn't be very huge blog posts. It, it can just be small tweets to start with. Sean, I'm curious if you have input on what that means to find your voice. If I have input, um, I guess the only way I would say to do it is just to do it a lot and then figure it out as you go along. <laughs> Not super useful. Um, perhaps also, um, you know, read what's out there. Um, try to engage with other people uh, on their ideas. There's absolutely no way you're going to agree with everybody. And once you find areas of productive disagreements, voice them and probably some people will agree with you. So that's a good start. Yeah, I, I do like that idea of just continuing to create and to practice because it, it takes time to develop those skills and they are separate skills and reading other people or watching other people can help us to see what are the things that we like about that and how can we take what we've learned from them and make that our own. Now, Michael, I think that you have a pretty distinct voice in content creation. So can you tell us a little bit about how that started? Uh, it was almost, I guess, I don't want to say it's completely accidental, but I, I think these are like my mind is kind of blown already by, by some of these comments. And one of the things that I think is really important is to realize that when you're creating content, it doesn't have to be about the masses. Um like when I first started, the first content I generated was blog posts and and they weren't generated to like, you know, get SEO traffic and to, to even really help people. I mean, they were honestly written as like, hey, Michael, next time you're trying to do X with Y, this is how you did it before. Um, and it as, as time goes on, it's, it's funny because I, I search for how to do things and I end up on my blog post from like a year or two ago showing myself how to do it. I, I think realizing that, you know what, it doesn't have to be about this like content engine of 
you know, being a brand necessarily. It could just be about sharing your knowledge and that you may just be sharing that knowledge with yourself. Um, but hopefully best case, uh, it helps other people. Worst case you've helped yourself and kind of reinforce that knowledge for yourself. I really like that point that you make. Um, it doesn't have to be a brand thing because I think that we hear that all the time. What is your brand? Uh, and that feels, uh, that will feel different for everyone. Um, for me, that doesn't feel, uh, I'm not comfortable with, that I have a brand of anything. Uh, so I like that idea of just thinking about, you know, the purpose and what you're doing. And if it's for yourself, that that's fine. And that that is kind of, a really safe space to learn what you enjoy doing and how you enjoy talking about different things. Um, Now, Tessa, I'm curious with your work with other developers and the content creation that you've done, what are some consistent tips that you've seen that have helped people to kind of create their own voice or be the content creator that they want to be? Um, I think there's a few things. Um, Being very consistent with your writing, with your personality, how you're representing yourself, um, speaking. And and I write in a way where I wish someone taught me these exact things. And I want to show others how I went through this journey of learning these whatever topics. And it's okay to explain where you were stuck what went wrong and how you fixed it. And you'd actually be surprised with how many others will be able to really relate with your writing a, a lot more by just being authentic and just open with, with how you write. And I really love I can that. relate to with, with other people's writing and, and especially video content. Yeah, I love that idea of authenticity and being able to walk through that. I think there's that... Um, we're often like nervous that it has to be perfect or we can't admit that we've done something wrong. And, and that's just a, a really a barrier to really being able to create things that you're proud of, I think. Yeah, it, it especially makes like other junior developers or, or any level developers realize, you know, um, they're human too, or whoever's like creating the content and, oh, developers make mistakes. They're not just writing code perfectly from beginning to end. They're actually going through a learning process. They're making mistakes and they're learning while going through it. And it's, it's okay. And it makes others feel more encouraged. Yeah, I love that. And we're, we're kind of touching on this. I've heard a lot of people kind of give tips that will be helpful here. But so if somebody hasn't started creating content yet, how would you say they should get started or how can we help set up people for success if they're nervous and they think that they want to start creating content? Maybe Michael, you can get us started with that. If I'll learn how to unmute my mic, (laughs) I'll be happy to, you know, getting started. I mean, it's, I was just talking to somebody about this yesterday. I think it's just a matter of like, just kind of get out there and do it. Um, Writing is definitely probably the easiest um, rather than like editing videos for YouTube, Uh, Twitch, super easy. Um, But I think it's just a matter of getting out there and just practicing, you know, um, luckily, like when I was writing my first blog post, no one was reading it. Uh, and so there's no pressure. Like if you start doing a Twitch stream, just, you know, there's nobody going to be watching the first several times. So it's a chance for you to kind of get your sea legs under you. And I would just say, you know, step out there and, and be, and I love the, the conversation around being vulnerable and, and showing the warts of, of what you're doing and the problems. And I, I think that's, it's kind of builds trust and, and empathy with you and the consumer of your content. So I would just, you know, encourage you to say do it go go, don't rather than worrying about building your own site and all this go find some place like uh uh hash node or or dev2 or some place that you can put content out 
quickly as you start and then worry about moving it later. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, I don't know if anybody has experience with digital gardening or is familiar with that, um, but I'd love to hear someone talk about that. Shruti, I think that you have something to um, Yes. Yes, I totally agree with Michael. You just just have to get yourself out there. Uh, that's uh, that's the main thing. I also uh, have another tip. Start with something you really know well enough and not think about, uh, will this be helpful? Is someone even for this content? Uh, isn't this too obvious? These are the questions that stop beginners from writing blog posts. It could be a very simple thing. Uh, you know, something that you might feel is too basic. But yes, there are people out there who wouldn't even know something like that. And if you're very confident about it, you are knowledgeable about that, you're, you're definitely going to be comfortable writing about it or even maybe creating a video. Though, yeah, creating videos come a little later. There are too many more uh, things involved. You might not be confident of your voice. Nobody likes their own voices, right? So <laughs> you, you could start with writing posts or you're creating content that way first, written content first about something you're already confident. And then people will start encouraging you. And that's uh, when you feel like you want to do more. Because initially you'll share it with your first circle who is usually supportive. And even if they do share something uh, negative, it would be constructive criticism. And that's always helpful. Right? You can improve. And, and then you go to the next circle and that next circle that's Probably when you really uh, go viral, that's when you start getting hatred or negative comments. That's too far. You're already a content creator by then. Right? So you don't have to worry about that at the very first uh, step. Yeah, I love that. I love that idea of starting with something that you really know, because I, I think it can go two ways. Start with something that you really know, so you're not nervous about it. Or start with something that you have no idea about and then let people know, I have no idea about any of this thing. So I'm starting from square one and you are going to be along the learning journey for me. And then that way there, there's less of, there's less pressure on yourself because everybody recognizes that you're learning these things and then they get to see, you know, the mistakes or what you've learned or what's been hard for you too. Now, uh, Sean, I know that you talk a lot about learning in public, right? This has been just great information for so many people out there. And I think that there's definitely something to be said, learning in public through content creation. Have you found that that's been a good way to learn more or to find more support and community around content creation? Yeah, yeah. Um, I uh, kind of agree with what uh, the others are saying. Um, have I found a good way? I mean, always a good way, uh, depending on whether or not you can keep it up, I guess. Um, and then the other, the other thing to really think about when learning public is um, having a thick skin, not minding when, like trying your best to get it right, but not worrying when you're getting it wrong. And then the other really important component is uh, to try to pick up what others put down. In other words, uh, have a conversation with the top content creators in your field um, and uh, to try to respond to them. Is That's an underrated way to um, at least get feedback on what you're working on and also learn from the best. And I think it's a, it's a hugely underrated way to level up. Yeah, I love that. I spent 10 years teaching college English and writing. And one of the things I heard consistently was were a lot of people who wanted to write the next great novel, but they weren't reading novels. <laughs> and so if you want to be a novelist, then read novels and don't just read any novel, but the best that are out there to help you understand what, what there is a market for. I, sorry, I totally lost my train of thought. I was taking notes. Oh, and go ahead. I, I wanted to jump in. I, I really wanted to share about um, when you mentioned it, it can be scary to create content. And I wanted to share um, 
my experience on the very first tutorial I've ever written. I think Michael also shared his story with that too. And I, I want to emphasize on writing in a way where you are writing for yourself. The very first tutorial I've written, which was, I think, 10, 10 years ago, 2012, I kept running into the same MySQL issue nonstop. And I had to open like four or five different tutorials just to like understand like little parts of each one. And I found the tutorials way too confusing. So I got a little upset and wrote my own tutorial. And, and I also like wrote it on a, a blogging website. And I decided to write it in a way where it was easy for me to understand. And I'm pretty sure until this day, it's still number one on Google search for how to solve error number uh, 1045 in MySQL or unless it just shows up as number one on my computer. Google's trying to make me feel good about myself. So if you, if you find, if you like write in a way where you find it extremely valuable to yourself, uh, why wouldn't it be valuable to others? So that's just something to think about each time you write. Yeah, absolutely. I found another way that can be helpful to get started is if you get with other people. So maybe you blog post and somebody else wants to, then you can pair up and either co-write blog posts or you write one and they review it and give you feedback and then they write one and you review it um, and they give you feedback. I can't <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I said that right, um, but you know what I'm talking about. And that just kind of decreases those barriers to, to entry into getting into content creation. And I would say, if you're if you're interested in live streaming, but you're afraid to do it by yourself, bring somebody else along. You can have two people on the screen, and then that way it becomes more of a conversation with someone else. And for me, that feels a lot easier than just jumping into it by myself, where I feel like I have stage fright or something. Um, I, I live streamed and not told anyone that I was going to live stream in the hopes that nobody would watch my live stream. Uh, <laughs> I think maybe that's not the point, but, but it was, I just need to get a feel for what I'm doing and get comfortable here because it can be really hard doing that and getting comfortable. I just want to um, take a second and see if there are any other tips or if you have a story that you would be willing to share about a time that you felt it was hard and maybe you wanted to stop creating content or you were frustrated with the reception of your content and how that impacted how you viewed what you were doing as a content creator. So I'll just pause here for a second and if anyone wants to unmute and jump in, that would be great. Well, I can give it a go, Becca. Um, awesome. So... Um, I had my I had a post hit to the top of Hacker News once, and um, that was probably a, a nice big high. Um, huge spike in traffic, like, oh my god, like 10, 20 times my regular traffic. And I think, like, mostly, like, I think, I think mostly I got lucky, um, sometimes because I'm a guy, and guys get up easier uh, when, bull, when, when, you, when you create content. I'm always happy to talk about that and shine a spotlight on that. Um, but this is not about that. This is about what happens after. Uh, probably the worst thing that can happen to you as a content creator is having a hit. Uh, because then you're like, all right, I got to top that. Uh, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> um, and, um, yeah, so, like, people think I'm productive, but like, sometimes I'll just have uh, dry spells, not have anything to say for a whole month. Um, and it feels terrible. Um, and I think... You know, for, for, for people who do this for a long time, it's going to happen to you. And you got to be okay with it, and you got to forgive yourself, and then get back on horse. And I think not taking yourself too seriously, not not going like, all right, you know, now I'm, I'm, I'm in a different tier now. Like, I have to create at, like, this level. Um, and, and just, like, doing your thing. Keep keep doing your thing. Keep doing whatever it is that uh, is making you successful. Um not being super affected by the numbers and just saying, okay, this is what I'm authentically interested in. I'll do my best to like, make it a worthwhile piece of creation, whatever it is. Like, I, you know, I, I write a lot, but um, it can be 
uh, video or tweets or whatever, um, anything you're making, just like you know, focus on the process and not the outcome, uh, because the outcome's gonna come as you work in the process. So that's my thoughts. I love that. Focus on the process and not the outcome. That is that's great. I think um, I used to write on my personal blog all the time, and I didn't track any of it. No analytics. I don't have comments set up and it was nice because I was okay with nobody reading it and then sometimes I have nice um tweet response about it and like okay well somebody read it that's nice and then I I'm uh, also cross started cross posting I think within the last year to dev too and somewhere along the line I hit a top seven post so it's it's not like the top of hacker news but it was that exactly what you were saying Sean like oh wow now why can't I ever get close to that again like what am I doing wrong and like thinking about it in that way was not at all useful it made it really difficult for me to get started again and so I just kind of had to turn that off in my head and try not to look at how many people hearted it or gave it a unicorn or whatever because those things were kind of intimidating for me as I was as I was trying to figure out like who who am I it caused an existential crisis like who am I as a content creator right now and so not worrying about those things and focusing on that that process I think is key to keeping you away from those feelings of self-doubt yeah 100% I guess it's a part of finding your voice right um Absolutely. <laughs> Speaking of dry spells, I've been extremely guilty for like not putting out any kind of content in, in a little while. And I have so many topic ideas and it's driving me crazy. And I've been so busy lately and my mind feels extremely foggy. And I've been trying to think of ways to clear my mind and, and be able to get really deep into a topic as I want to share my knowledge in a way where I let myself be more vulnerable to my experience and process. And I want my next blog post uh, or content or whatever I plan to make, which I, I have something on the top of my mind right now. I want it to be the best content and the best thing I've ever put out on the internet. And I think I'm taking some time off of work soon and, and just go to a cabin and get away from everything and, and be able to meditate and, and, and really focus on writing. So this is, I've been thinking about this a lot. So it's like at the top of my mind. Thanks so much for sharing that, Tessa. Go ahead, John. I was going to say, like, uh, this is a pretty common thing for, like, writers and, like, a writer's retreat. Uh, I'd be down, Tessa. <laughs> yes, that would be amazing. I, <laughs> I would absolutely enjoy something like that. I think that it's, it can be really hard to get something. And Tessa, I really appreciate you sharing that so openly because it's hard to talk about that thing. And sometimes it's hard to get those blog posts out in a way that you feel really represents what you want it to be. And so uh, I just want to, again, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, of course. Um, now I feel uh, emotional from sharing <laughs> virtual hug from I think from that I think about it way too much way too often but it's gonna happen I'm gonna make something happen I, I think part of that like obviously like you know Tessa like uh, I feel it too in terms of you also managing the process at work um you're kind of responsible for that helping others uh with their process and then yourself being guilty <laughs> that you're not that productive <laughs> as a result um I think it like, you know, for people who choose to do it for a living, there's a whole other added pressure of like, you got to produce results, uh, otherwise you're worth nothing. And um, yeah, I, I don't know if you should like talk about that or like it for we the vast majority of software engineers, vast majority of software engineers, like this is a side thing, but like for like people in dev experience, dev, like, it's a main thing. Um, <laughs> it's very different. Yeah, right. very true. I feel like we always have to keep representing and, and keep being public. And if you disappear for a week, then you know imposter syndrome kicks in pretty pretty big. 
on social media um, specifically. It doesn't mean you're doing anything less. You're probably doing a lot more um, backing away from social media. And it's, it's just a weird feeling. Yeah, I know exactly what that feeling. It, I, even after last week, I felt like I didn't want to open Twitter again for I didn't know how long. And I, my background is in writing. And so normally one of the things I can always do is just sit down and start writing. And I had to write a blog post for Set Down. And I couldn't do it. Like, what is happening to me right now? Like, this is the thing that I do. And it's not working. And I think that, you know, when you have so many things, it, I, I don't know, I have ADHD. And so at some point it just becomes like, all of these things are out in front of me and I can see them all, but I'm just like not really sure which one to grab. And so that I can't get any of them going or started in the way that I want to. And, and it's really frustrating, but I think, you know, it, talking about it openly one is super important and two like trying to figure out like okay how can I start smaller is there a little task that I can do that can get me in that direction maybe it's just writing a tweet um about that that thing and starting there just to build momentum or maybe you don't need to build momentum what you need to do is just stop and clear your head to give yourself that space so when you do sit down you you can take off with it strangely um a few times in the past where i was able to think my clearest um to be able to write was usually after watching a very sad movie and like crying during the movie and then all of a sudden like all of a sudden why can't i think so clear this is really weird and then i just like get in this writing mode <laughs> It doesn't make any sense. I feel like I'm the only one in the world that does that. Maybe there's other people that do too. I don't know. <laughs> I love it. I, I feel like it's this buildup, right? And then there's catharsis. So all of this like tension or, um, you know, whatever the problems are that you're facing in that moment, like crying is, it's a release. And so you're letting go of some of that stuff. And because you like freed that up and experienced that catharsis, it's, Yeah, I, yeah think, I think sorry. I think I should try that. <laughs> watching watching something so sad. Oh, oh my god, I, my life can't be worse than that. I, I all I have to do is just sit down and write about it. I, I even have ideas, so let me just go for it. Maybe I should try that next time. <laughs> Turn on the movie and then set your laptop right next to you, all ready to go. <laughs> yeah. Michael, are you going to jump in? Yeah, well, first I'd say I don't even need a movie. I just look at the code I've written yesterday, and that brings enough <laughs> tears. But, you know, I, I'm not sure if it was Sean or Tesla that, that mentioned it, but they were talking about, you know, when you're when you're in those blocks where you're not con creating content, you have these moments of, like, self-doubt. Am I worth anything? And, you know, I'm not providing value. And <clears throat> I think it's really, really important to recognize that there is no piece of content you're going to write, um, no video you're going to produce, no stream you're going to have that will increase or decrease your value. Your value is in you as a person, like someone who's alive uh, today. You have an inherent value as a human. And whether you're producing or not is completely irrelevant. It's two different things. Um, it's easy to get tied into that and feel like, oh, I'm just not generating enough blog posts. I'm not getting enough views on my YouTube video. But that is so distracting and it gets you into this whole like race that's no one's going to win, really. I mean, if you did have the best and biggest YouTube channel around development and were rich, that still doesn't validate you as a person and doesn't make you more or less valuable. So it's really, I, I'm, I'm speaking to the choir here. I know I'm, I, I deal with this as well, but you have to, to really make it intentional in your mind to make that distinction that, you know, there are two different things. Yeah, absolutely. That's, again, one of the things that I think can allow you to navigate through the ups and downs of a content creation journey by 
getting into that mindset and, and kind of like protecting yourself from burnout because I think that you know we kind of have touched on this but I haven't said it specifically there can come a point where you do feel burned out and you can't create content because of that or it becomes very hard and a struggle so you know finding the right frame of mind to even get started can help navigate through that so uh, we're gonna open it up to questions in a couple of minutes here but I, I wanted to touch on um what inspiration you've taken content creators so we've talked about content creators and content creation and are, are there content creators that you enjoy watching or listening to or hearing uh, I think for me you know Tessa like you hit the nail the idea of um, you know being open and vulnerable and we've talked about authenticity and there's just something that allows me to connect to content creators who who are able to do that and and this makes me directly think of Jason Langsdorf. Um, I really love how like his whole personal brand is just him being himself and showing people how he learns from beginning to end. And he usually has no idea what he's doing when he starts. And he just starts just really showing the audience like what he does step by step when through the learning process and trying to figure things out. And sometimes things are figured out and, and that's okay. And then you just, you know, take a different direction. And he makes, he really brings more, um, just makes developers feel more, more encouraged and, and comfortable with the learning process. That, that it is possible. It is possible to learn. Love that. Go ahead, Sean. Um. CSS Tricks got acquired by DigitalOcean, and I gotta say, like, they are my heroes right now. Like, Chris Coyer and, and his crew of people. Um, yeah, so it's, I think pretty, pretty similar to Tessa, like, they're a pretty open process. Um, they produce extremely high quality work, but then also don't take themselves that seriously sometimes. Uh, they also show quite a lot of the process. And it's just uh, really inspiring. I think that uh, a lot of my writing inspiration and my thinking about, like, getting your head about like oh we have we got like a content calendar we got like um you know 10 rounds of review before we put this thing out uh doesn't happen doesn't matter um and css tricks is uh, extremely successful i love css tricks i've been on that site oh so frequently in the last week I, i'm currently trying to determine how much they sold for um <laughs> just because you know we're, we're uh busy bodies um, yeah. That would be interesting. Um, Shruti or Michael, do you have anybody yeah. you want to jump in and share? Yeah. Yes. Um, I take inspiration from Brad Travesy uh, with his Travesy Media channel. I, I don't know if there's any beginner web dev who has not watched at least one of his videos. The variety that he produces and the simplicity that he brings in with any topic uh, is is it's really amazing. Uh, you know, he he really uh, thinks from uh, the you know he puts on the shoes of the beginner and talks about things. Never assumes that somebody already knows this. Doesn't complicate stuff. No jargon. He talks simple English words, and the way he conveys uh, is amazing. Along with the consistency the frequency of videos. So I, I wish someday I could, uh, you know, be like that. that uh, that's, uh, you know, he's a constant inspiration for me. I, I want to add to Shruti that it's, it's important when you're creating content or speaking words to, to use basic or, or simple English words. And um, I grew up with a non-English speaking mother. So whenever she try to read something and it's using like alternate bigger or more difficult English words I have to kind of explain the sentences but just making your content more accessible is uh, so it can be understood on a global level uh, would be good because we have to understand that they're also trans oh, there's a lot of people that are translating the language and because they really want to learn from you and you, you got to be able to provide that 
I think that's so important. Thanks for sharing, Tessa. Michael? Yeah, I, you know, I echo Jason. I think the stuff he's doing is great. The Learn With Jason series as a whole is really good. Um, on YouTube, I've really been enjoying uh, James Quick. Uh, I think he does a really good job with his content. And even, um, oh gosh, my his name's going to slip my mind. Um, Trost, Trost Coast. Help me out. Alex Trost. Yes, thank you. Alex has done some really good stuff. I love his content, especially around like CSS. Yeah, uh, there's so many great people. Uh, James Quick, uh, also somebody that I go to often and appreciate. Uh, my friend Nick Taylor is, he's actually listening right now, but he streams for Dev2. And I really love accessible he's made things feel and bringing on people at all different stages. It's been great for me to kind of think like, okay, you know, maybe it's something that I can do too. So I, I just really love, how supportive so many people are out there in the content creation space. Um, I want to, we're at about quarter till, so we have 15 minutes left and I know that we do have some questions. So I am going to open it up to questions now um, to ask a question um, on iOS for sure. If you click the little heart emoji, there's a hand raise function all the way at the right. Um, so you can go ahead and do that. And we have our first question from Henri. Let's see here. I went ahead and added you as a speaker and you should, should be able to connect in a second. There we go, we should be, go. Oh, sorry, I didn't hear that. And good afternoon. Thank you for very much for having me. Uh, I'll make this quick. This is less a question uh, and more sort of like uh, my sentiments personally. Now, it's funny you should mention Jason. Him and I spoke yesterday. Um, him and I have connected well, and I'll tell you why. Uh, I've always compared a lot of things in this space to music. Um, Jason came from music. I also came from music. And the one thing I've always said is, like, every musician has a hit, and the rest is, like, cool, you know? Um, your album's not going to be made up of 13 hits. There's going to be a couple, and the rest is going to be like, oh, I like this. And, you know, I look at content creation the same way. You're going to have one that's probably going to go viral, and you're going to be happy about it. Um, but hopefully, you know, you just stay consistent and keep banging out the stuff you do. Um, I'm also a big believer of kind of like build it and they will come. You know, you may not be on the most popular topics, you know, but somehow, some way, it may hit one day because, oh, it's kind of important now, and so-and-so's got this content around it. I'll give you a quick example. I've been beating a drum around images for a while. Whatever, popular, not popular, it's all gravy. But in the last couple of years, images have become a bit of an issue. So, you know, when I put out a, uh, a big uh, piece like Image Ready, people came, you know, and they may leave in a couple of years, good, but it's the stuff that I love, you know, and I feel that as long as you put out the product and the content that you enjoy and love, you know, you have fans out there that are going to enjoy your content. Some less, it's all gravy. Um, I just feel that I think people should just remember what they love about the stuff I'm not with and then just kind of, you know, ride with the people who ride with you, you know? Um, I don't know. I, again, like the music just speaks to me on that level because it's the same thing with musicians. You know, if you like their music, cool. They're going to have a couple bangers, but hopefully you'll be there for the less bangers as well as the big ones, the big chart toppers. Anyhow, that's all I wanted to say. Thank you very much for having me. No, I appreciate that. I think that was a really great way to think about all of this. Curtis, I think you have a question, so feel free to unmute now and ask. Hi, everyone. My name is Curtis. I am a software engineer and creator. I had a question for the group. I'm currently having a problem where I can't deal with the onslaught of inspiration too well. So what happens is I get some inspiration and I start 
writing a blog post, and I brain dump all of my writing into this one blog post, and then I end up saving it as a draft, and then another onslaught of inspiration comes on for another idea, I end up saving that idea as a draft, and all of a sudden now I have like 50 drafts of just like tweets and blog posts and content I can put out. Um, sometimes even while I'm writing a piece of content, I'll get an inspiration for another idea. So I was wondering, how do you handle that and kind of throttle that um, to make sure that you focus on one topic and get that out? I can get us started, and then if anybody else has uh, something they want to chime in with, feel free to. I mentioned digital gardening and then completely forgot that I mentioned digital for gar- digital gardening earlier. Um, but it's this idea that things are always going to be a work in process, right? Like you uh, till the ground and then you plant the seeds and then you have to weed when the garden is growing. So there's always a process. And so it's okay to put something out that's not perfect into a digital garden because you can go back and you can do those things and tend to it and make it grow. And sometimes you might find like, well, I'm going to remove this because it doesn't belong in my garden anymore, or this is kind of dying, so I don't want it to affect the other plants. And so I do like that idea of sometimes putting things out into the world before they're finished. It's an okay thing to do, and you can let people know that this is something that you're working on, um, rather than, like, I have created this perfect Twitter thread, and now here it is. Because, you know, that goes back to that idea that, you know, Tess is talking about, about um, authenticity and vulnerability and for me I enjoy seeing people put that content out but do any of our speakers have any other thoughts for Curtis? Go ahead Trudy. Yeah I, I totally agree with you Rebecca that's uh, one of the main reasons we don't publish something we feel it's not perfect uh, number one and number two we feel it's not complete we would want to add something more uh, something a little more value that we already know but uh, we don't yet have the time to time or sometimes the inspiration the energy to complete it so another way you could do is probably call it a series or you know just make it an episode one or a post one and just tell your readers don't write it yet just tell your readers that if you like it uh, you know i have something more to share and that will give you the motivation. People will say, hey, I loved it. I want to know more. Uh, that It did happen. I just wrote a blog post of how I uh, made $10,000 with my first ebook. I haven't yet written the second one, you know, of how it, the making of the ebook. I've got like loads of comments and that's like pushing me right now. Some people still remind me that I'm waiting for your next blog post of how exactly you made it. So if I waited uh, to complete it, probably I wouldn't get all these uh, comments. I didn't expect it to go so viral. That's my pinned tweet right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was featured in uh, Hashnode and DevTool. It, it went really well. So I think that's another thing you could do. You could break it down. Whatever is complete, uh, whatever is there in your drafts already, see how you can uh, cut it out and maybe put a finish line somewhere and say that, the next coming in and once you find motivation you can release the next one awesome thank you those were both very insightful points go ahead Henri, if you want to add something I'd love to. Thank you very much for that. Curtis, um, I totally feel your pain. Um, to, and I'm going to go back to the music bit. I used to have this blog in music where I wrote excessively. And um, when I came to tech, you know, I wanted to start blogging again. And I told people, I feel like my pen ran out of ink. I was just exhausted. But what I started to do is just tweet instead of blog. I, I'm a huge Twitter fan. And, you know, um, I'll go out and think of whatever it is that I want to talk about, and I'll create a little Twitter thread from it. It kind of, like, avoids the idea of putting out this excessive blog post, but you're able to sort of create some of this content that represents, A, your your idea, and B, who you are, you know. And I often go back and find these these Twitter threads and sort of like retweet them when they come up again. It's like, hey, I talked about this such time ago. Check it out. And um, I don't know. I, I personally love that about it. So I would say don't beat yourself up. You know, some might be an extensive blog post. Some might be like a 
two or three, maybe four tweet thread, and you can actually get a lot of mileage and fun out of it. I love that, especially that last part about getting the fun out of it. Find find the way to fun. Curtis, do you have a follow-up for that? No, I just wanted to say thank you. I think that's a great point. Um, reducing the scope is definitely helpful for getting those thoughts out there. And Twitter is I'm a huge Twitter fan as well. <laughs> yeah, I think the other thing, too, is... Um, getting down ideas that you like sometimes you might think that you have multiple blog posts but then revisiting them and seeing do I have multiple blog posts here or is there a way to consolidate this into something that that I would really enjoy putting together because I find in my own writing sometimes I can be really precious about the words that I've written I like how it sounds or uh, I think it's close but then when I step back and I'm a little bit more objective about it, I think, okay, you know what, really, this isn't purposeful in this section. So I can remove this and combine it with this other piece and it works or, you know, bring it to a different medium. If I have something that I have kind of written, maybe I'll talk about it and bring it up in a conversation or do a Twitter space about that thing. So I can still, you know, work on that um, that idea and sometimes that's it you're maximizing your content it might start off as a tweet and then go to a blog post which goes to a video and then you're maximizing uh, all of your effort to share that in different ways for different audiences awesome yeah thank you we've got a couple more minutes so if there's anybody else that wants to ask a question feel free to use that hand raise function and I will invite you up. But um, I want to thank our speakers who are here today and see, is there anything, any last tips that you would like to give or stories that you'd like to share? Um, have we nailed down a place for our writer's retreat yet? Uh, <laughs> and what, what is that happening? All right. I'm just going to say this and someone else will. Um, just go daydream. I'm a big fan of daydreaming. You know, uh, pull out whatever, you know, things that you're into and just have a talk about it. And, and it might be something sort of seemingly far-fetched, but it is who you are. It is what you want to talk about. Uh, and it represents sort of like your ideas of, you know, working in this space. So um, I'm a huge fan of just letting your mind go. Thank you very much for the space. It was fantastic. Thank you. Uh I think that's such a great tip. I have heard another mom say it's not a bad thing if your kids are bored for that exact reason because you can have time to daydream and use your imagination to take you to places. Go ahead, Tessa. Yeah, I, I also wanted to add that um, I'm very thankful for, for this and it felt like a retreat in itself rather than a tour space because I feel pretty inspired and, and have a lot of ideas already coming in. I love that. I, I do too. I'm, <laughs> I, I think this is good because I was struggling for another blog post and, and maybe this will get that, that attraction I need to get going. And I would, I, now, now I'm having all these ideas. Like we should have a writer's workshop with uh, all of our, our friends, our content creation, where you know we sit around and we, we talk about what we're working on. Because that's the other thing. If you're not daydreaming, sometimes talking about it with other people especially other people who are excited about it, that motivates me, I don't know, maybe more than anything else, hearing other people be excited about something that, that we are talking. Well, if anybody's interested in doing that, having a content creators workshop, just chatting about the things that we're doing and how we're doing them, feel free to let me know. It would 100% be up for, for putting something together so we can all talk about our content. So this is, uh, we're at about time. We did a really great job. I want to thank again, our speakers so much for being here, uh, for Shruti and Tessa and Michael and Sean had to jump off a little bit early and for Henri, uh, you are uh, also now a guest speaker and for this question. I really appreciate everybody spending their time to listen to what we're talking about. We will be back same time next week on Tuesday. 
we're going to be talking about communicating with empathy with Kirk Coves, Lorna Jane, April Wenzel, and um, Coffee Craft Code, which is Christina Gordon. Um, if you want to find out anything else that we're up to, we have a Dev2 hackathon going on right now, and we would love to support anybody who is interested in doing that. We have a live stream on Friday at 1.30 EDT, and I hope to talk to you all soon. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Yep, that's it. Uh, the I know the audio got worse at the end, but I don't really know how to fix that. Let me actually know if this is useful or not. Uh, I'm not really sure how much to do this versus some more prepared content with maybe better audio. Um, let me know what you're thinking about the weekend episodes, what you're thinking about the weekday episodes or the Friday episodes. I'm pretty open to feedback. I get very nice compliments from some of you, and I hugely, hugely appreciate that. Um, but I also want constructive suggestions. Let's just say that.